I'm all about niching. Niching is good. But my point is that people follow influencers, they follow marketers, and they follow consultants who have become really good at a tactic to achieve a certain goal for a certain avatar. You have the knowledge, the experience, and the talent needed to succeed. But in the day and age we live in, skill is not enough. Your story is the most powerful tool in your arsenal. This show will help you tap into that resource and learn how to leverage your message to gain deeper influence and build a lasting legacy. Tune in each week as thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and authors share how they've built empires on the backs of their story. You're listening to Stories That Sell with your host, Scott Ramage. What's up, everybody? Today I have with me Caleb Christensen. He is the owner of Funnel Flow, and he's a recovering nurse, a self-described recovering nurse. Now he helps business owners grow their business with funnels. Welcome to the show, Caleb. Hey, Scott. Thanks for having me. Yes, I am a recovering nurse. I'm still registered, 743-669, state of California registered nurse, but uh, always had that entrepreneurial drive in me. Even spending years and years in the hospital, I was always working on, quote, side hustles. And I finally, finally escaped thanks to Russell Brunson and the power of funnel. So I'm so privileged to be on here today. Normally, see, it's a Tuesday at 845. We'd be prepping our patients for a procedure right now. Mm. So life has shifted a little bit uh, in the last few years. That's awesome. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation because I have so many fears and questions and and things to actually dig into funnels so i'm like typically we go into story mode for a long time but i kind of want to fast forward if you will but first of all like okay you've been a nurse you have this entrepreneurial itch how did you get from that to studying russell brunson to making the break we do need to hear that story sure so i i like to think of entrepreneurship as a terminal disease and um, if you're an entrepreneur, you're going to die with it. It's like you either need to lean into it or it's going to slowly uh, claw away at you uh, piece by piece, uh, year by year. So, uh, you know, I was the kid in the neighborhood who was uh, mowing lawns, handing out flyers, um, you know, the paper route. Uh, my dad had a small business and so I would help him with little different little projects. So it was kind of always that seed was planted there. Um, but you know, the world doesn't tell you to be an entrepreneur. They're like, go to college, get a job. And so I just started following a traditional path going into nursing because I wanted to do faith-based missions and tell the world about Jesus and, you know, pack their wounds with gauze. And um, not that I don't want to do that. Or I'm not passionate about that, but that was the direction that led me into healthcare. But I always had this like entrepreneurial drive. So as I was going into nursing school, um, just by chance, I was in downtown San Francisco. I was living in the Bay Area at the time. I uh, got a hot dog at a hot dog cart outside of the Moscone Center. And I honestly didn't think anything about it. It's like it's a hot dog cart downtown. Who does? But that entrepreneurial thing inside me for the first, that's the first time I recognized it, like woke up. And I'm sitting there eating this hot dog, watching this hot dog cart make hundreds, if not thousands of dollars in like a 30 minute time span. And I went and I'm like sizing up this little cart. And I'm like, this thing, that cart can't be that expensive. And that guy just made a grand on overpriced crappy hot dogs. And I go, 
supply and demand in action. And I went, okay, well, I should look into this. So long story short, ended up getting a hot dog cart with a business partner um, and my dad invested. And so I had this hot dog cart. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go make money. I need to find a street corner. You know, that was the only business model I had. And then I quickly learned that municipalities don't want hot dog carts on every street corner. This was before food trucks were cool. They were hip. Before there was the uh, great food truck race on... (laughs) on Food Network. And I'm like, crap, what am I going to do? And so, you know, I ended up finding a a spot at a park to vend legally, but I wasn't making any money. And just kind of out of frustration, I somehow I found myself on Google and I saw an ad that says, hey, get a free website from Google. And I went, hot dog cart with the website. That doesn't seem to make sense, but whatever. Okay. It's an impulse buy. Why would I need a website? And this is my 19 year old brain thinking. And so I built a website. And then of course, what I didn't realize was that Google wanted to get you into a free website so they could sell you ads. And so very quickly, Google is telling me about Google AdWords, how you need to build an ad campaign. I'm like, what is this? And ads for a hot dog cart? I don't understand. I went, what the heck? What do I have to lose? So I made a little brochure and I put up a pay-per-click ad. It says Google, I mean, hot dog cart catering available. And literally the next day, I got my first five cent click on a pay-per-click ad and the prices have changed a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. And I had someone who hired me for $300 for an hour's worth of work. And I went, my life will never be the same. And so that was kind of what started me in digital marketing. So that was the seed that was planted. And I still started going down the hospital route, um, getting into critical care and cath lab And so I was always trying things on the side. I knew that I wanted to serve people through nursing, but I also saw this other viable path called entrepreneurship that I can get involved in. And so through several different half successes, total failures and crazy ideas, um, I found myself about circa 2018, like deathly ill with the flu. And my wife's like, go to the room. I don't want to see you. I'll put soup by the door. You ever had that before? Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So she's like, do not infect the rest of us. Well, you know, well humans, you look like a zombie, go to the room. And so having, I was working two jobs as a nurse, like picking up shifts. We had three young kids. I didn't have a lot of time to browse the internet, to watch webinars and things like that. And so at the time I had a junk removal business. I was working with my business partner and I had kind of replicated the same system with uh, a website, a landing page, Google ads. Uh, We had a level of success. We were getting monthly, uh, you know, we had monthly revenue. Uh, We had employees and, but we were kind of like stuck. And um, so I was deathly ill. And for the first time in like forever, I was browsing the internet and I was trying to find the end of the internet. And somehow I clicked into an ad for ClickFunnels. And it was Mm -hmm. this really funny VSL, means video sales letter or sales video, Um, where it was this, you have to look it up. It's pretty hilarious, but basically it's a prospector, like think gold mining prospector. Um, And he has this business idea where he wants to uh, sell pictures of nude squirrels. It's completely ridiculous because we all know squirrels are naked anyway. They don't wear clothes anyway. So squirrels by default are nude. But my point is that I clicked into this video. I'm like, what the heck is this? And so the video starts telling me what a sales funnel is, how you can use to acquire customers and you can upsell them, you can downsell them. And how when you acquire the customer, that's just the first start of the journey. And it really blew my mind. So that got me on Russell Brunson's mailing list. 
I started buying his books. I started watching his webinars. And I really realized that this entrepreneurial dream, this e-myth that I've been pursuing for so long, this idea of entrepreneurial freedom, that I've been doing it wrong. I've been doing it from just my instincts. And I really needed to find a mentor. I needed to find a coach to level up. And that's when I really identified unplug myself. I'm trying to show my Russell Brunson sticker. That's when I really said, okay, Russell, you're my coach. You've made hundreds of millions of dollars online. Like I, I need to learn. So, um, got my, my friend, I'm like, Hey, you need to buy all his stuff. Cause I couldn't afford it. And so I, he bought all his software and just started testing and trying. And that's kind of what got me started into funnels. And I like to say that's when I took what is it? The red pill or the blue pill? I always, get I, it. I don't know. I actually Let's call it the red pill. That's when I, I got red. red. That's yeah. when I got red pilled and I w I've never been the same. And if you could look at my bookshelf, you can see evidence of that. Yeah. Really great story. Obviously uh, you said something that made me chuckle. I had to be quiet, but you, you like, I was doing a, a junk removal and you, you know, you went dog, hot dog car. And then all of a sudden it's junk removal. It's kind of how my stories are where I'm just like, well, I had the bike shop and then I was selling online, um, you know, accessories. And then I did and people like, wait, what, what, what happened? And it's like eight of them, right? That's, that's the sign of an entrepreneur, uh, hot, hot dog cart business, man. I have heard from you and other people, not easy. I know a gal that, that crushes it right now, but location, getting a location is it's like all out war with other vendors. And so uh, I think that's a fair warning to everybody, like do your research ahead of time and know where you're going to go. Have that Absolutely. one dialed in because I do think you can actually make a lot of money. But oh. you just got to get that right location. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's I love the hot dog cart because it's like pure entrepreneurship. It's yeah. supply and demand like you like right there. So if you're in front of a bar at two in the morning, the supply is low and the demand is high. OK, um, and then you have location, location, location. All of these tropes we hear about success in business. Uh, the hot dog cart's kind of a microcosm of that. Yeah. Yeah. I. It's fascinating in, on the right day or the wrong day, either one, I'd probably go buy a hot dog cart. <laughs> I, I can yeah. see like doing some really crazy hot. I'm a huge hot dog fan, like these mm. really crazy all beef hot dogs and with crazy toppings and, and really making, making it fun. And then wishing I had never done it before. Um, yeah, so, that's, that's about it. You know, yeah. when you're, when you're uh, cutting, when you're chopping like a hundred pounds of onions, like you're, <laughs> you're questioning your decisions. I was 19 or 20 years old and our biggest job we sold, uh, I want to say we fed like 2,500 people in like 15 minutes. So we had all like, that was the cool thing. Like because of my marketing system, I served for Apple. I served for St uh, Stanford, not officially, but like groups on the campus. Um, TiVo, remember TiVo? Yes. Um, so all these really big Bay Area companies, because of a digital marketing campaign and a simple one at that, I had instant visibility and I stood shoulder to shoulder with established businesses and they didn't know it was a dumb 19-year-old kid with a beat up 1989 Jeep Comanche truck pulling a rinky-dink hot dog cart. They didn't know that, right? You can position yourself next to the giants um, with a little bit of strategy. And that's, that's exactly what I did. That's really good. So that's a really good segue because, you know, I'm in masterminds. I'm, I, I have groups I'm a part of, and everybody talks about the importance of, you know, building funnels, funnel, 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 
funnel, funnel. I hear funnel all the time. You're and probably you're, nauseous. Yeah, you're really uh, the way you kind of laid it out is is actually really relieving and easy. There's a lot more to it than that. There's strategy. There's follow up, um, email campaigns, maybe text campaigns, depending on the system. Ups, like you said, upsells, downsells, video sales letters, uh, two step funnel, three step funnel. You know, backwards flip, cheeseburger funnel. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's so much going on. Um, that literally when the conversation goes to funnels in any of my marketing groups or networking groups, I, I go into a, I'm going to be honest here. I go into a physiological response of massive stress Mm. because to me, it is completely foreign. So someone I was talking to not too long ago said, just like, stop and just read com secrets. And I remember I got through like the first, I don't know, 40 pages. And I looked at my wife. I'm like, yeah, I should have done this a long time ago. I think it was .com secrets. Is that the one mm-hmm. that works out the funnels? And, you know, I'd watched yeah. probably hundreds of hours. I did the, um, I don't know, some one funnel away challenge. It was, I don't know if Brunson's still doing that. And I was so incredibly confused the entire time. Like I didn't understand the concept. And I don't know if I'm done, dumb, or if like as a solopreneur, you kind of miss the big picture sometimes and you, and you can't take it all in and figure out what it is. So you changed over to funnels. How did that transition work? Uh, painfully tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, you know, and in your defense, I think Russell, I love him. All, All the gurus, they have complicated something that is simple and pure which is just getting a customer's information and delivering value to them. That's it, right? There's a lot of different pathways you can take them down, but you know, you see people with their funnel charts and this is probably where your eyes glaze over and you get nauseous. It's you see these complicated funnels, like with the downsell and upsell sequences and um, you know, the automations and the tagging and stuff like that. That's a Bugatti. Okay. Not everyone needs a Bugatti, right? We all need a car to get us to work and get our kids to school, but we don't need a Bugatti to get them there, right? Or a Ferrari, right? You can have a 1999 Honda Accord with 200,000 miles and it'll get you to school. It'll get you to work, right? It's not pretty. My point is like, there is a, uh, there is a continuum for funnels and they don't, they do not have to be complicated. The, some of the most profitable funnels I have seen are ugly, they're poorly designed, the images aren't sized right, but they're presenting an offer that is so irresistible that it forces you to give you give them your information if you are that ideal client. And that is really the key with funnels for their success. I'll leave it at that. That's interesting because I did this one funnel away challenge. It's like build this, you know, pick which one you want to do. I couldn't even make heads or tails of which one I want. I'm like, I don't know. Tell me which one's for coaching, like name it coaching funnel. And I probably would have like picked that. Okay. Instead it was, okay, now you want a coaching funnel. Do you want a, a three steps? Uh, you know, I don't even know the terms. It just, it was <laughs> like, stop uh, it. Stop death it. by death by decision. Right. Um, the, uh, the, it, literally for me, death died by decision. I could not, mm-hmm. I could not function. The, the complexity of it isn't that complex. So I remember my first call with you and I said, okay, like, look, what would you do in my situation? 
And it was, I was at that moment, just to let the listeners know at that moment, I, I noticed the difference between you and some other people I've talked to other people I talked to just said, well, we're just going to build you a funnel, you know, and what do you want? And I'm, I'm like sitting here going, like, you just lost me. When you said, what do you want? You just, I want sales. Like, what do you mean? What do I want? That's all I know is get me sales or get me leads, bring them in. Um, but you, on the other hand, you you ask questions and then you kind of gave me several scenarios that you would have taken it down. And it was like, I could release some pressure and it was like, okay, this guy knows what he's doing and he has a plan. So why are why do you, I'm trying to, trying to figure out how to formulate this question. Why are most funnel or marketing providers so confusing? Hey, before we get started, imagine having a team of virtual assistants helping you out with everything from scheduling appointments, nurturing leads, processing payments, sending out marketing emails, creating content, managing your social media accounts, and so much more. The Ace for Gyms is here to make sure your business runs as smoothly as possible so that you can focus on what matters most, serving your clients. We offer a wide range of services that will completely run your business and give you the one thing everyone is limited on, more time. Check out our website at www.vasforgyms.com. That's V-A-S. F-O-R-Gyms.com and book an appointment to find out more. It's mm. a good question. <clears throat> My theory is most marketing providers are really good at a tactic and like people get known for like Maxwell Finn. I love it, but he's known for TikTok ads or um, I'm trying to think of another person. Um, people get known for Facebook ads or they get known for webinars. And in this era of hyper niching down, everybody feels this need to be so niched. Like I only do challenge funnels for moms with toddlers who uh, are still and a baby who are still breastfeeding and want a passive income because their husband is an overseas military um, special forces operator. You, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. I'm that coach. Like, oh, wow. Okay. Now, there is, I'm all about niching. Niching is good. But my point is that people follow influencers, they follow marketers, and they follow consultants who have become really good at a tactic to achieve a certain goal for a certain avatar, but they're, they're, they're less about the bigger strategy and knowing what tactic is actually best for that individual that they're consulting. So like I see, okay, for instance, I went to Funnel Hacking Live and um, kind of at one of the breakout times had lunch, ended up getting paired with another person across from me. Um, the guy's in international trade. Uh, he has warehouses in USA and Africa. And, um, he wants B2B clients in Africa. And I'm like, okay, so this is what he wanted. And he's talking about this challenge funnel that he's building. And I went, whoa, 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 whoa. And I go, why, why are you building a challenge funnel? 
for B2B to get B2B clients in Africa. He's like, well, I'm in the two common club X program and we were all building challenge funnels. So I tried to build a challenge funnel. And so my point is they join these programs that teach a tactic, but that tactic is not applicable to their industry or it's attractive to their avatar. And so they are trying to put a round peg into a square hole or vice versa, however you want to look at it. And they're like, this isn't working because a B2B client wants a clear value proposition. They want about a three second executive, three minute executive summary. And they want, uh, they want about a 10 minute conversation to see if you're a good fit. And then they'll, then they'll decide to move forward. Yes or no. They don't want a five day challenge. You see what I'm saying? I so do pe- see what you're saying. So experts te- teach tactics. People get excited about the tactics, but the tactics are not good for their industry, and they're not um, they're not looking at it in terms of a holistic marketing business building strategy. They're just looking at this myopic one little tactic, going, "Why doesn't this work?" And then they're like, "F it, funnels don't work, marketing doesn't work," and then they just go back to what they tried before. That's so interesting. You basically just exposed everybody I worked with. And it was, it's real, it's, it's a, it's a study in human psychology, also in business, because I, I, I remember the first marketing air quotes firm I worked with two guys and they were telling everybody, we only serve this market. We only serve this market. And so I go to them, I'm like, and it was B to C business, you know, it was B2C and I, I go to them with a B2B proposition. They're like, yeah, we could do it. It's exactly the same. Total failure, mm-hmm. like total failure. They, they didn't know how to get the right person. It was, <laughs> it was horrible. And I'm like, Hey, can you tell me what, how you did the target? And I looked at the target audience and I don't quite understand. They just showed me and I'm like, where in the world did you get this idea? Like, cause that's what works for our other funnels. I'm like, yeah. In a fitness industry, I'm not talking about the fitness industry. I'm talking about podcast post-production. Yeah. Well, and I think that happens a lot. I think a lot of people have success in one market and all of a sudden decide they're going to become marketers and then mm-hmm. try to grow and, and really quickly discover that they don't have what it takes in a big in the big scheme. Yeah. Can I go back to your earlier question? How do I transition from nursing to this? I don't know. I think it's good for context. Please. Yeah. So I, I had this red pill moment. I, I started, I took Russell's one funnel away challenge. I tried to implement it into my own business. Um, and I started building out the funnels, like not really knowing what I was doing. I was just trying. And then all of a sudden my business partner is like, I can't do this anymore. And so, um, I had to put that business on ice and it just kind of withered away the junk removal business. And um, my best friend from childhood, he said, Hey, you need to meet my friend, Scott, (laughs) weird Scott Landis. He's a relationship coach. He's made all these uh, courses and webinars and he's written books, but like you can't land a client to save his life. Can you help him with this funnel stuff? And so he was my first test client. And as I was, as I was still working as a nurse, I started testing my what I was learning on him in his business and we started making started applying the funnels and because um, of my schedule and his schedule it made sense for us to have a standing meeting every week and just because I started at 7 30 in the morning we picked Wednesday 6 30 a.m to 7 30 would be a standing meeting so we started meeting talking about funnels uh, marketing and it was slow at first but we just kind of said we're gonna do this so pretty consistently, 
from that point on, we've been meeting Wednesday morning, and then we started inviting other people who, uh, they're natural uh, networkers, my friends. They started inviting other people. And Scott, who is really big into coaching, executive roundtables, he's like, this is a mastermind. I go, what's a mastermind? And I'm like, okay, um, let's call it a mastermind. And so we called it the Funnel Flow Mastermind because the idea of behind Funnel Flow is funnels are not standalone things. Like they flow together. So you have customer acquisition funnels. You have a webinar funnel. It's going to show them a presentation. You have application funnels. You have all these different types of funnels that you can learn about dot-com secrets and completely get confused about, but they flow together. There's a customer journey and you need to be strategic how you link them together um, and ascend your customers through your process. So that was kind of the name behind Funnel Flow. So uh, that just started this organic mastermind. And now kind of like Scott, people started to see me as the expert. I'm like, whoa, I'm just a nurse, right? Who's interested in digital marketing. And they go, no, no, you're an expert. You know more than I do. So that means you're an expert. And I went, okay, all right. So I was the reluctant marketing expert, but I started to take that title as an aspirational thing. And I started just to learn and to grow and sharpen the saw. And, um, yeah, then, so that's that's what started the journey uh, about a year and a half ago. Um, my friend, uh, Billy, one of the first of the trio, uh, he runs a successful pay-per-click agency. He saw what I was doing, and um, I had I had no idea how I was going to get out of the hospital. It was just kind of like that dream. I was just thinking it. If you've read Think and Grow Rich, like it was my it was my mental intention. That's what I was focused after, but I didn't know how it was going to happen. And he saw that and he's like, Caleb, let's get you out of the hospital. I'm going to bring you on as staff. Uh, you can help me with some of my stuff, but you're going to build this business and I'm going to be a 50-50 partner with you. So that's what transitioned me out of the hospital. And now I've been doing it just over uh, a year full time. That's a, a ready, fire, aim approach that a lot of oh, entrepreneurs yeah. use. And you know, I talk to a lot of people and, and they are in the planning phase forever and they miss, pardon the, the pun, but they miss the flow that really most businesses are started on. You just start doing stuff and you kind of don't necessarily always fall into it, but you do find your place. I mean, you in, unintentionally created a mastermind, which is, you know, invaluable, quite honestly, for mm-hmm. the people involved and for you, I'm sure. So you, you've been full on for a year. Uh, how How do you approach a new client? Because I think one of the, the things I hear all the time, and again, I'm reiterating something I've already said is, oh, they can work B2B or they're for real estate or they're for, um, you know, e-commerce. I have a friend who owns e-commerce, you know, marketing agencies. Like I only do e-commerce. He stays very much in that lane. Do you have a lane or like, and, and how do you, how do you come in strategically to a new, a new account? Well, I'm glad you asked. I've written a little workbook. Ah. Okay. Ta-da. All right. So um, here's what I learned through my 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 journey, okay? Because I wasn't full-time in the business yet, and, and I'll, I'll kind of walk everyone through what these what this is. Uh, I, wa- I wasn't full-time in nursing yet, but I was, looking, I was looking for a framework because I was trying to answer this question. People are coming to me all the time. So what happened through the mastermind, which was completely unplanned, but became the foundation for my business by just serving other people, by delivering value, by not selling, 
Like I wasn't trying to sell even in the sales letter of the mastermind. I said, there is no sales pitch because I thought that ruined the purity of it. It's I'm just here to serve. I'm here to answer questions and I'm here to facilitate community. So I started from that angle and people just said, Hey, can you help me? Can you help me with my marketing? I know you're not, you know, Russell himself, but you know more than I do. Can we work together? So I started just thinking like, what, how can I repeatably help people? And if you read Expert Secrets, he talks a lot about a framework. So how, what is the strategy you can get repeated results for your clients? And I thought, well, what is my framework? I don't even really know. So I just started looking back in time and I went, what, what are the common themes that made the hot dog cart successful, the junk removal mm. successful? And what are the common elements that I see in all these different great marketers that make their campaign successful. Russell Brunson, Frank Kern, Jay Abraham, Dan Kennedy, the list goes on. Like, why are they successful? And I don't know, I don't know how it came to me. We'll just call it an epiphany from heaven. But ironically, I was sitting in my bed typing on my computer and it was the same spot that I discovered Russell Brunson a few years before. Just ironically. So I think that's an anointed spot. Mm Mm-hmm. So I got a picture of this in my head. It was kind of like in Back to the Future when he hits his head on the toilet and he visualizes the flux capacitor. This is my flux capacitor, and that's the first time I've said that out loud. And so what I, what I realized is that the minimum, a lot of people have elements of a marketing campaign, but they don't have a complete system. So therefore, it, it's like a car without spark plugs. It has everything, but it's missing that tiny critical part, and now it won't run. That, that, that analogy makes sense? Yeah. So, okay. So, like I said, I don't quite know how this came to me, but this kind of came to me. So, this is what I see as the minimum, absolute bare minimum needed for a successful marketing campaign. You need to understand your dream client. Why? Because when you are speaking to your dream client, like whether it's B2C, B2B, you need to know what their problems are. You need to know what they want. Otherwise, you're totally off base to begin with, right? You're going to rotate off access. This this will crash and burn, okay? And so we need to know, and people are driven away from pain more than they are to pleasure. So really knowing what are the pain points your dream client is struggling with that you can solve with your product, service, or offer, right? You tracking with me, Scott? I am. Okay. So everything centers around the dream client. Think of it as the axis of which all things rotate. Okay, now we need to publish to get our message out to the marketplace. Hey, dream client. Hey, businesses that want to start a podcast. Um, here's 10 ways that you can start a podcast without being stuck in your office all day recording content. Right. How's that for a hook? Great. Not bad. Yeah. Okay. Bad. All right. So I'm putting content, ads, publications, um, podcast episodes into the marketplace where I'm just getting my message out there. Okay. Now. If you notice, this is not tactically driven. This is strategical. So the way you publish is tailored to the dream client. So uh, where are our dream clients hanging out? So is there a certain trade publication they read? Is there a certain website they hang out? Are there certain YouTube channels that they frequent that we can throw an ad in front of? So we just need to know where our dream client is so that we can publish in front of them and then we can just get get an impression, okay? Now that we have that impression, we've delivered value or we've at least intrigued them, we need to capture their information because other than other, 
Otherwise, we're just going to be an impression. They're going to keep scrolling. They're sitting on the toilet and they're going to go thumb right past our ad. All right. So we need to capture their information. How do we capture their information? We give the dream client something that they want. Something that they want, whether it's information, whether it's a freebie, whether it's an opportunity, whether it's training. It's it's unique to the dream client. Right. Right. So what is something that a business owner who wants to start a podcast would be willing to exchange their email address for? Good question. <laughs> Probably a startup guide or yeah. How to create 100 pieces of content in two weeks from a Perfect. podcast. Okay. All right. Cause you know that their pain points are, they know they need a podcast. They know they want a podcast. They know they like podcast gear, but they don't want to, they have a business to run. They right. can't be focused on it all. Right. Long. Okay. So you just give something that is has a higher perceived value than the contact information of your dream client. Right? Now, if your dream client is like the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, his contact information is going to be pretty valuable. Mm-hmm. Right? So you need you better offer something like pretty sweet to get that lead if that makes sense. If it's just a B2C, you know, no money in their pocket, and they'll give out their email address to anybody. Right. So once again, strategically, what is your ideal client? What are they willing to give their contact information up knowing that they will be marketed to in exchange for? Okay, so that's what your lead magnet is. Now, once you have their information, you need to nurture that lead, deliver value, get them to know, like and trust you. Okay, give them an opportunity to buy with you. So you need you need a closing sequence in here. But most people 97% 97% of your your total available market are not ready to buy yet. So you need to keep publishing. You need to capture their attention. You need to keep nurturing. And then you just get more and more leads into this flywheel. And then eventually you have customers in every stage of your marketing funnel, so to speak. So you're always getting leads. You're always building your email list. You're always getting opportunities. And I call this the unlimited leads machine. Now, I call it minimum viable marketing because if you don't have one of these elements these key strategical elements, your marketing is broken. You can have the greatest ads, but if you have a crappy lead magnet or you don't have a lead magnet, you're just burning money. Facebook will take your money all day for impressions and for uh, brand awareness. So that's, that's what brand awareness looks like publishing. Okay. You can, that's what Coca-Cola does. They publish, 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 publish. And that's just brand awareness. We cannot afford as small business owners to be brand aware. Okay. Now, Publish capture. That's what newbie business owners do. They build ads, they build funnels, and they get a whole bunch of leads, but then they leave a ton of money on the table because they don't follow up. Okay. See what I'm saying? I do. So all right. So so this is my framework. I, I like to say I observed it like gravity. I didn't create this. This is basic direct response, but I had that epiphany on my bed and I kind of visualized it. And so to answer your question, how do I approach a client? I just simply say, who's your ideal client? Okay, what are their pain points? Where do they hang out? What's more valuable than their email address and our phone number? Um, and how do we need to nurture them? And so this can be done in a completely offline setting. Um, but I help my clients set up a online system to do this. Personally, I am slanted towards webinars. We could talk more about this if you want, because a webinar, and let's just call it a presentation, Mm -hmm. because a a webinar is simply a uh, 
online presentation. You can do it one-on-one, you know, walking someone through a slide deck. You can print it out and now it's a brochure. I'm slanted towards webinars because it can actually accomplish all these things and give you clarity to start your marketing campaign very easily. Why? Because a webinar is written towards a dream client, right? Now, if you have a webinar, you can publish different you can talk about the different points of your webinar in social media posts, in blogs, podcasts, episodes, etc. cetera. Uh, webinar, naturally, you're going to capture their information to watch that presentation. And then after that, you have a nurture sequence. And then there's a clear offer made at the end of the webinar. So um, I think a webinar, personally, is a great starting point for pretty much any industry um, who is looking to get started with funnels. And I will take a breath. I like that. I, I like it a lot because... I can see on that map if you're not watching, uh, just get the get the ebook or whatever it is. Get it, <laughs> just get it. Um, but I could see that, like where it's gone wrong every time I've had it done. Like the email follow up was maybe three emails, right? Or, or it was just like put it out there. And I can tell you, there's hundreds of leads just sitting out there or, or that hadn't been, or I don't know if you call them leads, but people in a very top of the funnel that have had no flow, no follow-up, nothing to go to. So there's no way for them to move to the next system. And I think that's probably one of the downfalls of many marketers is they, they think ads, they think free offer and they think ads. And then the magic happens. At least that's my experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've had some very successful ad campaigns with clients and I'll be like, Hey, ads are going great. Uh, did you follow up with them? What? We are we are lighting your money on fire, and you have email emails coming into your CRM, and you're not calling them. So, okay, thank you. Click. Yeah. Do Do you help the client write a follow up sequence, or is that on them? And do you do you talk to them through that? Like, hey, you need to have a sequence, like fifty emails written for the future, which is simple now with Chat GTP, but. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We won't go down that rabbit hole. When when the site's not crashed. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. <laughs> uh yeah, I mean, I I take responsibility for the strategy, but um, you know, it depends where the client's at. If they're more coaching, if they're done with you, done gotcha. for you. I mean, if I'm handling everything and they're just writing me a check, you know, that that flywheel is addressed, right? From the ad to the or the publishing arm. Now, the thing about ads, I want to say briefly, a lot of people, a lot of uh, service providers have plenty of reach organically. They just need to leverage it. Mm-hmm. They need to use it. They have an existing email list uh, that they haven't touched for years. Um, they have an extensive referral network of people who would happily uh, email out their links and stuff like that. So don't start with ads. Like that's just kind of a start. Like ads add gas to a burning fire. Mm. Okay. And so if you start with ads um, and you pour gas on something that's not optimized, right. It, it's going to break. Yeah. Right. Or you're going to lose a lot of money and you're going to, you're going to blame the funnel. Yeah. Right. Sorry. That's another side note, but yeah, I make sure that, that the whole system is set up and, and really this is my blueprint. Um, and I just think really what I do as the consultant is figure out what tactics we need to plug into these three things. Gotcha. Yeah, that's that's amazing. So speaking of um, of clients, do you have a favorite B two B B two C? Well, B two B B two B. I mean, 
honestly, my uh, my bank account likes B two B better. Yeah, personally, um, I love the opportunities. B two B are great for a lot of different reasons. Um, personally, I can charge more because the 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 potential targets are so much more valuable. Right. B2C, you have to like, it's a volume game, right? Um, or you're dealing in low ticket offers and things like that. So I like them individually for different uh, different reasons. But for B2B, I actually prefer an offline strategy that you can, you can augment with funnels, uh, but it's just called the Dream 100 strategy. Right. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with yeah. that. Um, so that's really my favorite, B2B, but I, you can use funnels in that, in that Dream 100 strategy in your follow-up and your calls to action in your in your direct mail letters if you don't know what dream 100 is just read the ultimate sales machine by chet holmes right he goes in depth uh, russell talks about it in all his books um but i've been going deep on that but i use funnels in a dream 100 strategy as kind of like that hybrid for b2b sales yeah way to bring up chet holmes probably the og of sales strategy yeah yeah Everyone yeah. who does any sales or owns a business needs to read that book. <laughs> have you interviewed his daughter? I have not. Yeah, Amanda Holmes. I brought her on the mastermind. Um, oh wow! I could send you her contact, but rad. she is all she she does. Uh, she has a little song and dance she does for interviews, and uh, she talks about her dad. And yeah, I don't know. It was, it was an awesome, awesome contact. Yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool. Hey, so. Anything that you want to share to listeners, you know, if they're interested or not interested or, or the, any little other nuggets you want to drop before we close this bad boy out? Yeah, I, I just want to say marketing doesn't have to be difficult. I have, I've tried to simplify it as much as I can. And I realized that it can be overwhelming. And if you just take a step back and think, who are the people I'm trying to serve? What do they want? What do they need? And how can I communicate that? That's really the best place you need to start, right? And as I said before, if you're looking for a tactic or a marketing asset that can really serve 99% of businesses, I would really start with a webinar. You can read Expert Secrets. Um, I consult and help people write their webinars based off that model. And I bring in some other um, webinar models depending on the situation, but a webinar, it can, it gives you clarity on your dream client. So mm -hmm. the webinar building process, you really identify a lot of people do it naturally as they serve their clients. Um, and, and they kind of do it subconsciously. Um, but the webinar writing process helps you refine your dream clients, pain points and desires. Um, and then it gives you fodder to publish and then it gives you a clear funnel to send them to. And if you're like, I don't want to do a webinar funnel. I do one-to-one -one sales. Right. I'm, I'm all network driven. That's fine. You can take that webinar and now it's your now it's your slide deck. Mm -hmm. It's your, hey, can I share with you a story of how we deliver results to our clients? And then you just bring them through your slide deck. So you can deliver it in many different ways. You can do a live uh, five day challenge if you want to try the latest, you know, challenge tactics. So it, it's like Chet Holmes calls it the core story. Like you need a core story that clearly communicates what you do, how you do it, and the results possible if they invest in you, your product or service. It doesn't matter what you're selling, who you're selling it to. A webinar is a perfect asset to accomplish that. So that's really what I'm focused on this year, helping my clients get set up in webinars and uh, members of my mastermind. That's amazing. That's amazing. Caleb, thank you very much. Uh, what's your website or location where we can find more information? 
Sure. Funnelflow.io. I offer a free 30-minute marketing consultation. Uh, just get to know each other. See if, see if I can help you. See if you like me. Um, and also funnelflowmastermind.com. You can register for a free weekly mastermind call. If you want a copy of my MBM workbook, you'll see links on our main page uh, at funnelflow.io. All right. That's awesome. Thank you so much for uh, shedding some light in the world of funnels where uh, literally some connections were made. Mostly like that diagram really helped me see where a lot of marketing is broken. And I really appreciate that. Well, I'll send you your free copy, Scott. I'll even autograph it. Awesome. (laughs) Awesome. Caleb, thank you very much for being a guest. Listeners, you know the thing. Go rate, subscribe, review, and share this stuff because more people need to know uh, why their funnels might not be working. And this is the answer right here. for listening to the stories that sell podcast if you appreciated the content on the show be sure to leave a rating and review and subscribe to hear interviews with incredible guests each and every week